Hey y'all, welcome to Shades of Brown, the podcast that discusses the ever-evolving and sometimes contradicting thoughts of a Black millennial. I'm your host, Allie D, and thank you so much for being here with me for another episode. If it's your first episode, welcome, welcome to the fam. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star rating on Apple. Of course, that's if you listen on Apple. This week, I have an amazing guest. Her name is Torian Timms. She is an educator, an ADHD advocate, and the host of Sisters with ADHD podcast. Welcome to the show, Torian. How you doing? I'm good, girl. Thank you for having me. Of course. I am so excited about this conversation. Um, May, as many of you know, some may not, but May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And I thought that um, talking about our mental health would be a good way to close out season four of Shades of Brown. Yes, this is the season finale. So for the last several months, Torian, I've been researching and observing and self-assessing. And girl, I'm convinced. I am convinced that I am neurodivergent. I am convinced. You can't tell me otherwise. I have every reason to believe that specifically that neurodivergence shows up for me as adult ADHD. And I am in the process of seeking a thorough psychological assessment and a potential diagnosis if need be, right? It could not be, right? However, I'm I'm convinced. (laughs) So I am, of course, you know, going to make sure I get a proper diagnosis. But in the meantime, though, I thought it'd be great to to have this conversation because in talking with other folks who do have adult ADHD, we're really just one other person. I only know one person with it. Um, mm-hmm. That's a black woman. And um, I've been talking to her about it. I'm like, man, like this is, this is a lot. And I also am convinced that this is much more common than we would ever imagine it to be. Right, right. I figured let's have the conversation. Let's let's unpack it. Let's figure out how we how some of us may connect with this. Maybe we have relatives who are neurodivergent. Um, maybe maybe we ourselves are. Um, and within our black communities, these types of things. Though conversations surrounding mental health are becoming more prevalent, and we are taking away the stigma and we are normalizing it. Specific diagnoses diagnoses. What's the plural form of diagnosis? Uh, I think it's diagnoses. Yeah, specific <laughs> diagnoses, that's still not as common. And when it comes to specific labels, we kind of shy away from it. And I am not, you know, in search of more labels to place on myself. Okay, I got enough going mm-hmm. on in my brain, all right? <laughs> I got enough going on. But I do think that this specifically is something worth talking about. And I think it'll give so much language to certain experiences. Because now that I see like what's attached to it, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what that is. <laughs> My whole life, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I came yeah. across your page, girl, let me tell you, I felt so seen. And I, and I was telling you this before we started recording, but oh my God, I'm like, it literally makes me emotional because I'm just like, oh my gosh, like there are, there's a community out there that understands me, that understands my life. Like yeah. I'm not tripping. I'm not going crazy. Like this is a whole thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So let's unpack it. Before we get deep into specifically ADHD, can you explain to us what neurodivergence is? Yes. Um, So neurodivergence, by definition, is basically explaining um, the full spectrum of the human brain and what it would be capable of. So my by career, I was a science teacher. So I, I try to talk about this like that. If you guys remember your middle school science class, you probably talked about something called biodiversity. 
And so that's the different types of life that are all around Earth, right? So you need different types of plants, you need different types of predators. All of those things are going to collectively help an ecosystem have the greatest chance of survival or stability. It is a good thing to be diverse. So the root, you asked me about neurodivergence, but the root of it would be neurodiversity. And that's looking at the full spectrum of the diversity that can be the human brain. So that's an umbrella for your typical average status quo brain all Mm -hmm. the way to, you know, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder. It could be autism and everything on that spectrum. It could be ADHD. So it's like biodiversity is the full spectrum of it. Neurodivergent is anything that's deviating from what we consider to be typical or what, you know, based on age and um, ability, we expect people to be able to do. And so there are a group of people who have been walking around who have been, who are diverging from that. So it's not just autism, it's not just ADHD. Neurodivergent is anything that's deviating from what is the status quo or normal. But if you think about it, we've seen it in our community. We've been seeing it, you know, we talk in CP time and we're thinking, it's so easy to label some things around ADHD to be like lazy or dumb or, and it's so easy to mischaracterize it. So it was very interesting for me to learn it about myself, but I don't want to ramble too much, but yes, neurodivergence is anything that's deviating from what is the neurotypical status quo brain type. Thank you for breaking that down in that way. I love that you have the science background because that really (laughs) helps me. Like the analogy you gave in regards to biodiversity, it makes so much sense, right? Just diversity with the brain. Like that makes sense. And it's like all the different things that the brain, I mean, that the human body can come up with, all the different mutations, if you will. Yeah. You mean to tell me that the everybody's brain was going to be just the same? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. I love that so much because even though I've been familiar with the term, maybe for the last, I don't know, year or two, possibly, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. I still hadn't thought of it and how you broke it down, like just brain diversity. You know what I'm saying? Like I had never thought about thought about like that. I was still Mm -hmm. thinking other, you know, like some other form of brain versus um, we just have different kind. They're all normal. They're all whatever, whatever, you know. It's just diversity. Right. Um, and it's closely, it's closely related to, I don't know if you guys have heard of like the multiple intelligence theory, which is like everyone is intelligent in something. Yeah. It just might not be that traditional academic setting. Some people are geniuses when it comes to dance and the arts. Some people are geniuses when it comes to numbers. Some people are geniuses when it comes to, I can't think, spatial reasoning. You know, maybe mm-hmm. they're architects or builders. So there's theories out there that say that everyone's coming with some type of tool where they can discover their own intelligence or their own genius. And I feel like those two kind of go hand in hand Yeah. as far as neurodiversity is concerned. Everybody has something. Something. I really believe that. I didn't know there was a name for it, but I really believe that, which is why I have, for the most part, I have struggled with how we do secondary education, wanting everyone to fit in this box, in this mold. And it's like, this is not it though. You know, like, I mean, there are some basics we should all have, right? You know, but beyond that, we should be cultivating each person on an individual, you know, scale. Of course, that is very difficult to do when you've got, you know, um, so many folks to work with. I get it. So I don't want to, you know, criticize the school system. It's just, I I really struggle with how we do. You can criticize it. We need more people criticizing and critiquing it. I work in it and I critique it to the T. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're the, we're the product of it. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think we were the I think we were the first generation, the millennial generation was the first one to give it the good old, old-fashioned hard try. We're gonna go to college. Yep. We're gonna do exactly what you guys said to do. Um, I don't know what your I mean, I don't know your upbringing. I don't know if your parents went to college or not, but mine did. So they were basically like, okay, well, now you gotta get your master's. And so it's like we kept getting handed these ideas. Yep that we're going to lead to happiness, to mm-hmm. success. And now that we've done it, we're like, something wasn't right. Yeah, it didn't work. The goalposts the goal post kept changing. And it's like, okay. And it's so, to change. Right, and, and it continues to change. And it's like, okay, okay, we've done all these things. I've got the degree. I've got the degrees with an S. Hello, we're Black women, Black folks. Listen, Black women, we're going to get degrees, okay? We're going to get us a degree. We're going to get us a degree. <laughs> get us a degree. Um, and it's like, all right, so I've done all the things. Now what? Um, and now... And of course, we're going to get into it with how we've done things, right? It's like the nine to five, right? We we are productive in the mornings and we have lunch at this time and then we, you know, end work at this time and then we go home and whether it's school, work, whatever, whatever, everything is so schedule driven and everyone's on the same kind of clock. And I have never like been, a, I'm like, I always feel like I was behind. I'm like, I don't fit this like schedule thing y'all do. I'm not a morning person. I'm a night owl. I am my best you know, around the hours of like 3 p.m. to like 1 a.m. Like that's my mm-hmm. sweet spot. <laughs> it's, it's been my, you know, and that's my life. And I'm just now at my age getting to a point where I'm like, I need to take that part of me seriously. It's funny. I took, I got a job at an elementary school and I don't know if you know, but elementaries are typically even earlier and I'm mm. coming from secondary and I'm like, I cannot get up to the point that I want to go to do a sleep study. Then I find out that ADHD and being up at night or being a night owl, um, it has a name, uh, delayed sleep phase syndrome, are related. And I'm like, dang, my whole life, I never wanted to go to bed. Yeah. Like, I would be sleepy at school. Yep. I make good grades. I could do my stuff, but I would be sleepy and daydreaming at school. Yep. And then when it was time to go to bed, I was sneaking and turning my TV back on. Yep. And it seems like I was just being rebellious, but now, like, now that I'm low-key mother and my inner child I'm like no you your brain was ready to go like yeah I sometimes I I've, I've become up with my own theories to the point where I'm like I might need to go study this so that <laughs> so that my theories could be legit but I really feel like just like you have nocturnal animals why mm-hmm. would you not have nocturnal human beings girl girl come on like because I'm like I want to be up at night it, yeah. it makes me so mad to go to bed yeah and, and I'm oversleep if I don't right certain industries do accommodate you know for different schedules, right? You have like a bunch of manufacturing plants where they're open 24-7. So they have a first shift, third shift, first shift, second shift, third shift, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but just in general, I'm like, I wish we we lived in a world where like we all have these just varying patterns and schedules where it's like everything's open. I can go get dinner at 10 p.m. if I want to. And it, I find myself literally every day, I'm just like, hey, what's for dinner? But it's nine o'clock and I'm like, oh crap, everything's closed. And I'm in this freaking panic attack again because I have done the exact same thing again, right? Again. And it's like, well, I didn't want to eat earlier. This is the time, you know? Right. Oh, when oh, my what? partner be like, what you eating for dinner? What we eating for dinner? I'd be like, I don't know. I I, don't even, I ain't even thought about that. I, I haven't even thought about it. Whatever you put in front of me, I'm going to eat it. I haven't even thought about it. Or like, you know, at work, you're getting emails six, seven, eight o'clock in the morning. Listen, I can do a whole day's worth of work between two and five. Because <laughs> that is where I'm like most up, most aware, most stimulated. Like, okay, let's go. And I thought over the years, like maybe it's just my job I didn't like. That's why I couldn't get up. 
you know, but it's like, no, regardless of the setting, I'm like, bro, I cannot get up in the morning. It's not happening. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not alone. I just got a text today. They were like, are you here? I'm like, no. No. And I can't come up with any more lies. So I'm yeah. so far, I'm just like, I'm ready yeah. to try. And, you know, we, we label it as a character flaw, right? You know, it's like all these things. And it's like, y'all, like, I promise you this thing ain't personal. I promise you my intention is, you know what I'm saying? Like to be where I'm supposed to be on time, whatever. And it's, and it's, and it's been a joke. Let's bring this back in. No, really back. So you've explained to us what neurodiversity is. Can you, mm-hmm. can you specifically break down ADHD? What exactly is ADHD? Sure, I sure can. So ADHD, by definition, has evolved over time, but um, it's an acronym for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. In my opinion, the name is a little bit of a misnomer because it is not that we have a deficit of attention. It's not that we do not have attention. Where the um, complexity comes in at is where we want to, where the attention will go. So the best way to describe it 2022, knowing what we know, the research is out there. It is a neurodevelopmental condition or impairment of the brain's self-management system or what you like to call executive functions. I'm an analogy girl. So imagine your brain is like this big corporation and your executive function is like this secretary. And it tells the brain what to do, when to go, where, how to prioritize this first, this, that last. But our secretary um, parties at night. She does what she wants to do. She's on her phone. Her feet are kicked up. And, you know, she literally, I said that, I'm giving her character flaw, but I'm, I'm just giving you an idea that like this our secretary is not the same as other people's secretary. Yeah. Our secretary is like, well, this one's way cooler. Let's do that. <laughs> and um, it literally is an inability. It's an, it, it is, a, and I, I try to drill that to people. Like it's literally outside of my control. If I could be on time to every event I ever went to, I promise I would. I hate walking in late, but that's to the point now where my friends kind of expect it. And I try, now the thing is I try to be respectful of their time too, where it's like, yeah. okay, I'm not going to be dramatically late where you waiting for me for two hours, but at the same time, please don't wait for me. Go enjoy the event. I will be there, you know? Yeah. So, but yes, it's a neurodevelopmental condition or impairment of the brain's self-management system. That's the best way to, um, to say that. There are three different types of ADHD. Uh, back in the day, I think a lot of people are still using like ADD. Mm-hmm. So we don't have ADD anymore. So there's only one ADHD with three different subtypes. Okay. So you have your inattentive ADHD, and that'll be you're having issues with um, maybe you don't pay attention well. Basically, uh, mm-hmm. you might daydream. You might lose things very easily. You probably have a short attention span. Um, and when I say lose things, you're losing things that you need every day, like keys. Mm-hmm. I don't be late today. I've <laughs> been late for that. Uh, daydreaming, your it's, um, your working memory is very short. So you could be like thinking of something in a meeting and then it's your turn to speak and you really can't recall what it is you have been thinking about the whole time. Or somebody might, you know, you might need to recall a piece of information and you know you know it. But in that moment, your short term, um, your short term working memory can't recall it in that moment. Mm-hmm. Then you have your hyperactivity, hyperactive subtype. And that's kind of like a constant feel of like restlessness. Like you feel like you always need to be doing something. Um, You might be trying to do several tasks at one time. You're probably very impulsive. 
Um, and that can, you know, impulsivity shows up in a lot of ways. So for some people, it's you're a dangerous driver. Some people is like you're impulsive sexually. There's a lot of things or you might be shopping or you you overspend. Um, as a child, you could have been like all over the place, almost like you were running around with the motor in your back or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's your hyperactivity. And then your third type will be a combined um, type. And so that basically means that you're pulling symptoms from both. And so for me personally, I'm considered combined type. For women, a lot of women, hyperactivity shows up as like over talking or like interrupting people while they're talking or rambling and talking too much or not being able to control how much you're letting out. Um, (laughs) Hyperactivity could look like, it's just so many ways that it can show up, but I'm going to be very specific to pointing out how it looks in women because yeah. Over time, what we found out is women are severely diagnosed and then black women are even more severely misdiagnosed. Like, mm. right. I think at one point it was five boys to every two girls or 1.2 girls. Mm-hmm. That number is picking up now. But um, I think it's because most women show more inattentive traits. So you're daydreaming. Yeah. You're not interrupting class. So nobody you don't really you don't really uh get on anyone's radar Mm -hmm. as to where young men might be showing more of the hyperactive type and so if you're running around the classroom or you just seem like you can't get it together or constantly standing up that's interrupting class Mm -hmm. so they tend to get that diagnosis earlier at one point they thought only men got it and only boys got it and that's simply not true yeah I laughed earlier because, um, well, first you're, just, you're describing me to a T and anyone, <laughs> anyone who's listening, who knows me personally, or has listened to this podcast from the inception of it knows that I've spoken about like, um, my, um, habit of like cutting people off inadvertently and how it has like negatively impacted my relationships and how that's something I'm constantly working on or how I ramble and I'm long-winded and, I start, I start talking point A for most folks. It's like just point A to point B for me. It's like point A, then a one, a one B. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Let me add context over here. Yeah. Oh, I'm Let context me. queen. Context. <laughs> I got it. I don't care. I'm not talking about context. myself. I got to have some context. Because you got to understand. You got to have the full picture. I need to know who they were. Yes. Absolutely. Who they were, who they mama. Now, where are they from? Because all those things matter. All as to of why those things did. matter. In my head, they matter. And they matter to you too. So I'm going to tell you. Um, so that, that that's why I was laughing because I'm like, I hope folks who know me personally are listening like, okay, that's what that girl, her brain is different. Yes. <laughs> my brain is different. It's just different, girl. <laughs> but you know, in that same breath, I always make it a notion to try to point out there are some positives with ADHD. A lot of your comedians have ADHD. Why? Because they're good storytellers. We're very compassionate people. Um, intelligent, you know. What ADHD is not is a learning disorder. Yeah. Now it can affect learning. Does that make sense? So yes. Yes. You can learn just fine, but in your and I'm in education, so I always speak to the classroom because I think that gives us a lot of roots and just our overall perception of ourselves Mm -hmm. so you might not be able to learn well in that eurocentric classroom Mm -hmm. where you're sitting down and everybody's in desk and everybody's facing forward and doing the same thing and you're like a choir that might be not be the best way for you to learn and that's probably why you struggle with learning um but uh, we're very creative we're outside the box 
thinkers, we're innovative, you know, we're visionaries. I'm a, definitely a big picture type of girl. We're, yep. the, uh, we're typically um, good communicators. So that communication could be in a lot of different ways. Maybe it's through song, maybe it's the graphic design, maybe you can write a code email or whatever. You write great papers. It just, you know, yeah. because we like all the context, we're able to reach all the people. So yeah. you see a lot of people going, uh, a lot of people ADHD tend to go into marketing hmm. um, because they know how to reach so many different people and communicate something that they all can understand. So yeah. it's not all bad, girl. We got some traits. We got some good things yeah. about it. Yeah, I love that. And, and maybe, maybe I shouldn't give a disclaimer. Maybe I should just, okay, I, this is me people pleasing, I guess, but it's like, I don't want anyone to think like the tone of this is like giving excuses for behavior that society has deemed inappropriate, or these are character flaws. It's like, we're just giving language and context to the why behind these things. It doesn't mean that we are disregarding this behavior, that we're not trying to improve certain things, right? Because if I am choosing to go into corporate America, right, and their standard is nine to five, I have chosen, right, to submit to that authority, right, and honor that schedule you know so I just wanted to make that clear that the that the tone isn't to excuse it's just to explain right and I love how you said that while it's not an excuse it is an explanation and I think it's a good probably a good point for me to bring up the fact that it's good to know you have ADHD because then you can finally start creating supports for yourself and I know most people are scared to death to go talk to HR about a disability, but ADHD is recognized as a disability by the American with Americans with Disabilities Act. Mm. And it is just that. So it's regardless of how people feel about it or their perception, it is a, you are unable to do something. Mm-hmm. And if you found out you had ADHD, you could literally go to your nine to five and say, hey, I I would like, you know, you got to talk to your doctor, your doctor has to sign off on it. I, mm-hmm. You know, you struggle with getting up, they only know all that. But, you know, you're talking to your doctor about what your struggles are. And yeah. then you could go to your job and say, hey, I love working here. However, my doctor, I have an accommodation that I'm going to need and I'm mm-hmm. going to need a grace of 30 minutes every day or whatever mm-hmm. that it looks like for you to where you're not getting pink slips every two weeks because yes. you just simply can't get here on time. So that's why it's so important that we're aware of our neurodivergence so that we can support ourselves. Yes. It needs to be, hey, can y'all have stress balls or can you have something for me to play with my hands because I get fidgety during meetings? That's what inclusivity looks like. So yeah. I can go on and on. But Girl, I remember I was in a meeting once and I was um, fidgeting with the pen and I, and I didn't know it. It was like just... A, the click one, yeah. Yeah, that kind of tap. Um, and my supervisor just kindly was like, could you please, could you please stop that? <laughs> like, that is really like annoying. She's like, I'm sorry. And she was, she wasn't being insensitive or like me. Yeah, it's just she that was just your like, Yo. was bothering her. Yeah. Right. She's <laughs> like, that is just really, really, really bothering me. I'm like, oh my bad. I didn't even realize I was doing it. It was just my nature to be just fidgety, you know? Um, but like now looking back hindsight, it's like all of these little things, you know, that have made me appear, well, I am socially awkward, not appear. I am socially awkward. <laughs> but like all these little things, you know, that are like, just like, girl, you're doing the most. You're cutting folks off. You're, you're fidgeting around. You're, you're resting. What, what, what's happening? And it's like, okay, so there's something for this. So having the language for it, like you said, we can now position ourselves to get the tools to support us, to make sure our communities understand and support us um, so that we are showing up as our best and providing value to every space we enter. Um, 
So yeah. And I'm, I'm also convinced that like it runs in my family. Like no one in my family is diagnosed, but I myself have diagnosed some of them folks. <laughs> like we need, we need it to is, all it's go hereditary. Mm, it it's is really hereditary. And that's why I try to get people there's, you know, if you look up causes of ADHD, you'll see different things like blunt first trauma to the head might be causing it or premature births could be a cause. But one of the number one causes that people are able to connect is heredity. Mm-hmm. Uh, your mom or your dad have it. If they're not willing to admit, you can for sure go to your grandma or your grandpa. Mm-hmm. Somebody was tinkering somewhere. Somebody has a jump room somewhere. Somebody has been doing a lot and people just thought that that's just the way they were and it is just the way they are yeah. but they've just been coping um mm-hmm. and i know for women because you know gender roles and stereotypes and all those things we will spend our whole life just trying to mask it and girl yep. was i trying to do that and i just was i was it, it, it's dry you're gonna burn out because yeah. you're literally working double time trying to be yourself and be authentic while trying to cover up what is authentic to you yeah so, that's good the main girl that's good mm. i just like as we talk it's like so many moments in time are coming up where even i was frustrated with someone else you know for these for behaviors that you're explaining you know it's like mm-hmm. why are you always losing your keys like just put them in the freaking same place every freaking time and you won't lose them right but now I understand that that thinking is insensitive of me because it could just very well be a very difficult thing for folks to keep up with. And they yeah. still, I mean, you know, they still need to put them in the same place every day. Yeah. It's probably more so important for ADHDers to have stuff in the place, same place every day. But that inattentiveness, I still do it to this day. And I know I have ADHD. I'm running in the house. Maybe I didn't help my, you know, I didn't help my urine all day long. And I, mm-hmm. now I got a piece. So I'm sprinting in the house. I threw my keys on the bed or, you know, my work bag and mm-hmm. I don't use the restroom. Now I done got off the restroom. I washed my hands. Now I'm on my phone. Put that down. I'm going to put something mm-hmm. in my clay. Next thing you know, my keys done fell behind the, the headboard. You know what I'm saying? And I don't waste the hour of my morning panicking, wondering yeah. where they are, having to lie on a text like, hey, I'm in traffic. I, I ain't even left my house yet. You know, it's just so yeah. much. And so I guess why I decided I was like, I'm going to bring awareness to this is because like you said, it's the insensitivity where people feel like it's literally you and you're a bad person or you're irresponsible, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And it's like, it's not that it's this, it's not, it's that secretary or those executive functioning. Um, yeah. Skills. yeah. I love that. People with ADHD are not irresponsible. They are not lazy. Mm-hmm. Let's make that very, very clear. Okay. <laughs> Saints and friends. So, um, <laughs> We typically hear this showing up in kids, you know, and I never had anyone ever, you know, question, um, you know, if I had some sort of attention deficit or anything like that. You know, I did very, very well in school. So, like you said, you know, it kind of just went under the, under the radar. But we did hear about it, though, with other children. I didn't hear about adult ADHD until recently. How, does it show up differently in adults versus children? You know... I'm going to say yes and no. It's really not that different. It's mm-hmm. just that now we're adults. So yeah. <laughs> impulsivity. Here's a good example. I'm kind of telling my business. But when I was a little girl, I had this impulse. I was impulsive. Mm-hmm. Almost to the point of maybe kleptomaniac. Like, I just really? was wanted. So whether it's my grandmother's brooch and I thought it was cute, I'm going to put it on me. Mm-hmm. 
uh, one time I was in the store, and I'm, I'm going extreme with my impulsivity, but here I'm, I'll connect it in a second. Okay. Uh, one time we were in like Ulta. Ulta was still here back in the 90s. And mm-hmm. I think uh, this one Spice Girls was out. So it was like a frosted blue eyeliner. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I need that because that's what <laughs> Spice we wear, you know. But I was scared to ask my mom because I was only eight. I knew she wasn't going to let me have makeup. Mm-hmm. So I put it in my pocket, right? So it's just... Wow. I never walked out of Ulta though, because they had that, I think Sensormatics had just come out and I was mm-hmm. like, well, I don't want that thing to go off. And I threw it on the counter. But uh my mom saw me. She's like, she saw me take it out of my yeah. pocket. So I still gotta whip it. You know how that goes. <laughs> so um <laughs> but the impulsivity was a thing. And and impulsivity also shows up with eating and snacking as children. So some of these kids that you see that might be overweight and literally can't control how much they're eating, it's that impulsive because that they're not. The, low dosages of dopamine are also linked to the ADHD brain mm-hmm. and that dopamine is that reward um, or that satisfaction mm-hmm. reward pleasure hormone and so if you don't have a lot if your brain is not passing a lot of dopamine you could be eating looking for that satisfaction mm-hmm. and never find it now Ooh. I'm going to link that to my adult life as an adult now I got a big girl job now I got a little money I can just go in the store and get whatever mm-hmm. I can't but that's when my mind is like the spirit missing out. And now I'm in impulsive shopping. Oh, and now you gave me a credit card and I don't have to see that I'm spending money. Yeah. Throw it in the bag. I know I'm calling y'all out. Sorry, but. I mean, I you, I, look, look, I will be like, by, by, by my head in shame. Like, listen. <laughs> so I got a severe credit card debt and. See, you know, it's not my fault. I'm trying to tell you, and I almost want to be like, I think we should be able to call credit card companies and be like, I have a disability. I'm serious. Like, no. and not that I'm not going to pay y'all back. I'm going to pay y'all your money back. But as far as y'all, then the credit card bill come in and now I'm inattentive and I'm like, oh, I didn't even think to pay that. And now I'm moving on. Next thing you know, we got it's it's an alphabet everybody that has bad credit because the credit cards has ADHD, but we'll run that data later. We'll run it yeah. back. We'll run it later. Let's do a test. Yeah, I was Sign like, me I'm, gonna up that one. I'm gonna do a survey. All of it is linked. None of this thing, none of these things are by chance. So whereas as I was impulsive as a little girl and I just wanted what I wanted as an adult, I still wanted what I wanted, but I had money now. So you ain't gotta steal. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be and, and, and mind you, I wasn't. Didn't nobody teach me how to steal. There are some people that steal for survival. Mm-hmm. I wasn't one of those children. I was fortunate enough to, to have everything I needed, mm-hmm. plus some. I just, it was just like a, it was impulsiveness. That's a, that's the best way yeah. I can explain it. Yeah. And um, let's see. Wow, you are brain. helping me because listen, my my old judgment of brain was just like, who child? But that mm-hmm. okay, wow, you you helping me? You're breaking some barriers. Yeah, we gonna we gonna get delivered today. I, yeah. You know, I call myself hood, holy, and hyper focused. This, this, yeah. this is the gospel that I'm gonna spread. Yeah, but um, even just uh, losing things. So I'm primarily inattentive, but I'm combined. The combined is co- the the hyper hyper the hyperactivity is happening internally in my brain, mm-hmm. talking too much. But I was a as a little girl, I lost stuff. I'm losing homework. I'm losing that pencil that my teacher just let me borrow. My backpack is a mess. The whole nine. As an adult, I'm losing keys. I'm losing that thing that I sat down that I really needed or whatever. My space can tend to be a mess. Like, and I've gone to the point where I've just like embraced it and just mm-hmm. been like, okay, we're gonna have reset days, or mm-hmm. I try to have like baskets. And these things might come. These things might sound like they should just be normal because I'm an adult woman, but that's literally not how my brain works. There are theories out there that liken ADHD. They try to say that people who are living with ADHD now might have the remnants of hunter-gatherer people. 
to where hmm. they're constantly nomadic. They're constantly on the go because they're hunting. So wherever the prey is is where they will go. This theory, but um, I can't recall the guy's name right now, but he's hmm. when his son got diagnosed with ADHD, he was kind of observing his how his son moved around. And it's like, you're always going to that next thing but you're never quite settling. And so when you're constantly yeah. going like that, you're almost building like these little like, almost like junk nests or like doom mm-hmm. house or somebody, some people call them. So people with ADHD are just constantly going to the next thing. It's mm-hmm. not much settling to, you know, to stop. Your original question was, is it different? I don't think it's that much different. I still see those same traits. It's just, they're adultified, but it's the same yeah. thing. It's, yeah. Now you have a little bit more control over your life. Mm, man. I'm sure we're all thinking of people in our heads like, oh, I know someone like that. I know someone like that. Because I'm thinking of like my family. I ain't gonna call y'all names, but I'm like thinking of my family. Mm, That is that person. That is that person. Because for me, it doesn't show up in the, like, I don't have the junk piles. I'm actually, (laughs) the way my brain works, things that go through my brain is like one of the things that may be a struggle, it actually helps the other thing that may may be Mm -hmm, a struggle. mm -hmm. So like, I don't know. Um, when I've been depressed, my OCD has helped my depression because I wouldn't allow my room to get to a certain, you know, place. It's like, oh, I got to so make up. So this. now you kind of like have an anxiety driven. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So my, I, I don't deal with the, like the um, losing like things cluttered or, space. Oh, okay. or no clutter spaces because that intensifies my anxiety. Child, mm. Jesus. <laughs> and, that, and, that's, and that's very common. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not a, I am not a psychologist or a doctor, but I liken that to almost a form of masking as well. And like you said, you have a coexisting condition or they also use the word comorbid condition, like OCD or anxiety. Those mm-hmm. things, they like cousins to ADHD. Yeah. Like they run hand in hand. Uh, they run right near each other. Yeah. So you'll find that a lot of people like, I'm thinking of a family member in particular, my own as well. She's always cleaning. Like, to the point where it's like, dude, it's just two dishes, but it's just like, let me get up and do it. But like, mm-hmm. that's the way that she's coping with whatever is happening mm-hmm. internally. So mm-hmm. it's it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's not uncommon. Yeah. Yeah. So we've talked about how, you know, perpetual tardiness is a sign of ADHD. We've talked about, you know, kind of always on the move and, you know, being night owls. Are there some other common signs or not so common signs that is linked to ADHD? Uh, one that immediately comes to mind, which I think is going to be a calling to a lot of my sisters, is one is being severely defensive. And they call that, re- it's called rejection sensitivity dysphoria. So, what? If you sat back and you thought about how you receive feedback, mm-hmm. and it could be any type of feedback, it could be feedback that's snappy and not constructive it could be feedback even from a manager that is constructive and willing to help you but we tend to really internalize it and um yeah we start to think that the world hates us or that we have to defend every move we made instead of just receiving it and being reflective so yes rejection sensitivity dysphoria another one that comes to mind is uh emotional dysregulation these are the ones that people don't know about Mm -hmm. emotional dysregulation so I'm going to go from child and I'm going to go to adult. Child? Children, I feel like, like I'm in a therapist session. <laughs> relax myself. So with, 
<laughs> with children, you know, it could be the smallest thing that happened and it really sets them off. So whether that's their screaming, crying, or, you know, some children show more like aggressive anger, but it's like the small thing, like, oh my, we barely did anything. But to them, that emotional dysregulation in that moment, that is how their brain is choosing to respond. Again, we have to remember it. I always relate things back to executive function, mm-hmm. your executive mm-hmm. functions. I actually need to tell y'all what those are, but we'll come back to that. Now, as an adult, the smallest thing might set you off. So maybe you snapping back. Maybe you got the hand up. You cussing somebody out. Oh, we can fight, you know, or whatever it is. Oddly enough, that is, that's bringing you that dopamine satisfaction. Like that's bringing mm. you that dopamine rush. Um, I see people that argue for pleasure. Yeah, That's a thing. People don't think about all that stuff. But when I think about tropes or uh, misnomers or stereotypes like the angry black woman, I immediately go, some of that could just very well be like this snappiness that's more more so related to them being neurodivergent than it is to just them being inherently angry women because they're black. You know what I'm saying? So people don't know about that part. So a lot of times we're misdiagnosed with bipolar disorder. Sometimes we're misdiagnosed with anxiety disorder. While those things can coexist, the people don't, we tend to not get the ADHD diagnosis as yeah. well, which can explain the rest of the stuff. Mm. Oh, Jesus. It's getting <laughs> real, real personal. My God. <laughs> I'm sorry to be reading your life, but you called me on here. You something comes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for coming. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Man. Okay. What led you to seek out professional help to get this diagnosis? How did you know to, so, to go? I love my story because I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I was severely burnt out from my job on top of, I was tardy. Okay, so I was in education and I was a really good teacher because a lot of ADHDs tend to be like um, people pleasers. We tend to be overachievers, high achieving people. We tend to overcommit to things. In the education system, those things work out really well because it's always something to do in education. There's always a problem to fix. And I was fixing all the problems. Um, and I think that's why I could kind of offset the tardiness to work because I think they were just happy to have me there because I was an asset to the team. So I think the constant people pleasing, no boundaries, overcommitting, you know, just taking on way too much really got to me. And I just kind of like would crash when I got home. Like, so I would be this amazing educator at work and then I would get home and I'm like falling asleep on my couch, passed out, sometimes ate, sometimes did, didn't or stopped for fast food. It just was like this cycle I was in. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? Am I depressed? You know, on, um, on top of, I felt like I couldn't commit to relationships. So I was like, as soon as I noticed that as soon as relationships got kind of like serious, I would be ready to like back out of them. And I'm like, what's so for for you guys to understand my background, um, I had an estranged biological mother. So while I have two moms now and I'm raised by my father, I thought that this was this deep mother wound that I needed to heal. Like, that's why I'm not willing to commit to people. Um, maybe that's where my depression is stemming from. I thought me passing out and being burnt out from work was depression. I didn't really know. But this was around the time where online, everybody's talking about self-care. Everybody's talking about going to therapy. And while that wasn't uh, commonplace for my family, I was like, well, I do have insurance. 
what's the point of having insurance if you're not going to invest in some type of doctor? I don't, you know, I don't get sick a lot. I don't necessarily have a bunch of medication. So I just decided to go for it to see what the hell was wrong with me. And so while in those appointments, and so um, she practiced heavily like CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, which is basically trying to find like replacement behaviors for things or really having you to analyze your, um, your belief systems and things like that. And while those things helped, there was still some core issues, even if it was just me rambling in our therapy sessions and talking over her or, or missing our therapy sessions, or she would give me like homework assignments and I didn't do them, you know, the whole nine. But while showing up for myself in therapy, one day she finally came back and was like, hey, we need to talk. Um, have you heard of ADHD? Now, again, I'm an educator. So the only ADHD that I really had heard of was from students. And I'm going to keep it a book. Black bad boys in my classroom mm-hmm. that wouldn't sit down. You know, mm-hmm. and although I had a heart for those young men, I didn't know why I did. Now I do. Mm-hmm. Although I had a heart for them and I was compassionate with those with those boys. I never I had never heard about it in adults. So and that was just two years ago. So um she told me, and I love this part. She told me, and I got off my therapy session. It was all virtual. So I got off my therapy session and I went on and hyper focused on my next thing. And then she came back like two weeks later, like, okay, so you have you looked up ADHD and have you thought about what treatments you wanted to look at? And I was like, I ain't even gonna lie, I forgot you told me that. <laughs> I was like, I forgot you told me I had ADHD. <laughs> So let me get back to you. <laughs> that week, is you so know. funny. <laughs> and after she brought it back, I was like, oh, yeah, like, why would you? So it's classic ADHD stuff. So I then started looking into it. Um, I ran into some blogs. I ran into uh, Attitude Magazine, one of my favorites. and just kind of was reading. And I was like, oh, my God, this is my whole life. And I just I almost went through like a little grief because you get kind of sad because you're like, oh, shit, had I known this, I probably would have did this. Or had I known this or how could no one. And, I, you know, and I, and I always want my people to be patient with our family. How come nobody saw this in me? These were yeah. the things these were the things I got whoopings for losing yeah. stuff. Whooping R- room, not clean. Whooping. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm like, yep. wow, all the things that were issues for me ended up really just being ADHD symptoms. Yeah. And Ooh, you know, from there, I was like it's a lot of people like this, yeah. <laughs> you know? It's, so that's my story. I did not go mm-hmm. seek diagnosis. Yeah. So when I'm coaching people through that now, I'm like, it's a whole that, you know, it's a whole nother conversation for us to have, but I'm coaching people through it now. And I'm like, you want to make sure what the one thing I tell people is to connect childhood to now just tell your story. These are not things that just onset happened for you. Mm-hmm. Really be honest with yourself about your childhood. Did you remember homework or did your mom have a schedule for you where you couldn't remember homework or mm-hmm. you couldn't, excuse, excuse me, where you couldn't forget your homework? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times our parents are regulating our lives for us. They're, they are mm-hmm. our executive function in the moment that they're pulled away. Me, college, college girl, I was struggling mm-hmm. and I thought I was dumb. Now, mind you, this is I, well, I, if I wasn't straight A, I was for sure A and B top 10% of my class. Like yeah. I was athlete the whole nine. So yeah. I just could not get the college part down. I couldn't prioritize when I should be studying. I'm staying up all night. I'm crashing. 
people was giving Adderalls. Like it was a whole thing. And I just never really connected. I thought it was because I was an athlete. I was a collegiate athlete. I played basketball in college. So I thought, oh, it's because I got to go to practice at one every day. It's mm-hmm. too much. I think in retrospect, it was never that. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, basketball probably helped. <laughs> I think yeah. had I not had that, had I not had that little bit of structure, I don't know what I'm thinking. I just yeah. thank God. I thank God hmm. I made it through. I made it over. Yeah. <laughs> It, it's sort of heavy because it's like you go in that shame spiral, right? You know, like, why didn't I know? Because even with you talking, I'm, I'm over here like, well, okay, like, let me swallow. So like the little frog don't come to, come to my throat because like, oh my gosh, it's so overwhelming because this is my whole life. And had I just known, I could have like had all of these things around me to, but it's like, I can't go back in time. We can't go back in time. Yeah. Can you yeah. help us understand? Because I'm sure there are other folks listening like me where it's just like, oh my gosh, this is a lot. How do we move forward and like understanding ourselves and becoming more self-aware without going down the shame spiral? Yeah. Um, the biggest thing, the biggest hump for women to get over is not the ADHD that in itself, it is like you said, it's the shame. Yeah. And shame is probably the most debilitating thing or paralyzing thing that we are going to cope with as women because we're women, because people have imposed these gender roles and stereotypes on us. And so we have these standards that we're trying to meet. We don't know who set them. We just know that we're supposed to keep a speak and span house. We just know we need to be on time. We just know we need to be able to, to entertain the family. It's just so much that we have shame around when, in fact, I say the very first step on your journey is to accept it. Mm. When I first found out I had ADHD, I was trying to bargain it. And if you guys look up the grief cycle, you know, with <laughs> grief, if with grief, fresh in denial, I was in denial because I told my doctor, I said, girl, I ain't got no ADHD. You talking about like the boys in my classroom have? <laughs> You know, because I couldn't, I was like, girl, nah, I wouldn't have a master's degree. I wouldn't have, I literally started trying to. So after I was in the now, I started trying to bargain like, well, ain't no way I would do this if I had, and I'm, you know, telling myself these things. And it, it wasn't until I just really accepted like, hey, your brain is different. Yeah. Acceptance is not easy, but it is the first step to me on your journey of really living that full authentic life. And so when you learn to accept it, then you can start to raise awareness for it. And by awareness, I'm not saying you have to stand on a on a hill with a picket fence, yeah. but you can start letting family members know, hey, and I'm I'm saying that lightly. I know it's, it's easier. Um, it's easier said than done. Yeah. But you can kind of start raising awareness around it and then start accommodating yourself. I actually want to say that differently. You can, I think acceptance is the first step accommodating is the se- is the second step. And then that's when you can start to raise awareness because the first step is for you to be kind to yourself. I always tell people, look, you want people to make all these accommodations and um, supports for you, but what do you, how are you supporting yourself? Yeah. Like, if you know that you have trouble eating, why don't you have like a snack bucket in your refrigerator to where, okay, maybe you're getting those little like $3 Girl, stop calling me out. I legit forget to eat. It's so bad. It's a real thing, girl. You you know, why you ain't sending an alarm to remember? I have an alarm to go off at 12 or 5 every day. And it's like, girl, eat you something. (laughs) 
Okay. It's I'm each, actually, it's at each your damn lunch. I don't know if you can cook on here. I am doing that right now because you know I forget if I don't do it right now. <laughs> no, I, and, and honestly, sometimes I ignore the alarm, but at least I'm just trying to, you know, get me yeah. up. It's we, a system. We, we will lock it's, in. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I said it's not, a, it's, not a, um, it's not an a deficit of attention because I can lock into something that I care about and I'm on that thing for hours. And I'm the one to deprive myself of all human, uh, yep. <laughs> all human body system functions. Like I'm not going to pee. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to answer my phone. I'm not going to text you back. I'm just, this is the thing. Yeah. I'm drilled into this thing. I so. swear to you, just last week I asked myself, why do you wait to the last minute to pee? Like you, you know, you are, you are a grown woman. If you know you got to pee, just go pee. Why do you wait? I think to it's, related, I, it's definitely related to that. Um, it's definitely related to that those dopamine levels and not getting the signal early enough. Like, like you'll feel it, but it's not enough for. So it's two different things. It's one thing to know something; it's another thing to do something. Yeah, we will know. We have a lot of know. The do is where the executive functioning yeah. comes out. That's where there's a gap. That's where there's an impairment. And I'm trying to. That's why I was like, I kind of made it my business to be like, I need people to know about this because there's a lot of children first and children become adults that are just being simply misunderstood and I think we could parent better I think we could love each other better if we all were aware that hey some people's brains are functioning differently yeah it's okay man so man, yeah, man, we, man. Gonna, we gonna heal you know you gotta accept then you have to start to accommodate yourself and then spread awareness and then start to spread awareness just man why was it so important for you to create a specific space for Black women with ADHD, your social media platforms and your podcast? That was important for me because when I went looking for Black women with ADHD and more specifically Black millennial women, women I can relate to, because like I'm a sister, like I'm a whole, you know, we gonna twerk a little bit. I'm listening to Megan Thee Stallion. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm a yeah. black woman, but I did. I've always kind of been a quirky black girl too, socially awkward, and I just really wasn't seeing myself and my story in the things that I did find. Now, while there were some black women speaking to it, when I watched, I wasn't like I can't. I couldn't connect to it, and so I wanted to see a space. Um, what I wrote down in my notebook was like I wanted the the sister's guide to ADHD. I want the homegirl's guide to ADHD. Mm -hmm. I wanted you to be talking to your homegirl about what you were struggling with and she and somebody finally understood what you meant. You know, because mm -hmm. I couldn't really talk to my friends about because all my friends be on time or all my friends, you know, I go to their apartment, their apartment is pristine and clean, you know, so I'm just like, Ugh. you know, and I wanted to, to connect with people that had that experience and I wanted Black women to see themselves. So many things I could say, but I noticed that a lot of Black women are overachievers and high achievers and we feel like we have to have the next degree and we feel like we have to do the next big thing uh or we're people pleasing because we do have that um we do have a knack to solve problems and to see things differently so people come to us i don't know i don't know if people come to you about like some like just oh, a different man. way to think about something for problem solving yeah, all the time and we tend to take on a lot of people's stuff we tend to people please and so you know, next thing you know, people are saying I have anxiety or I'm depressed. And while those things might be true, I think I've learned through just conversations with my people on like Twitter space and just women within Sisters with ADHD's community that we were living with ADHD and had no idea. Mm. And that knowledge completely will shift how you're caring for yourself. Yeah. Everybody's talking about self-care and, and they trying to leave it at like, you know, 
taking baths and face yeah. masks and those things are cool too because I do them too but true self-care is like if I'm being authentic and true to myself what do I need yeah what do I need I need 15 to 20 extra minutes of grace on my time clock because I'm simply unable to do it yeah you know um I need to make sure that I'm setting an alarm to eat every day because I will my body is not getting those hunger signals so that I can eat something that's so I can care for my body um I need to tell my friends hey I might be about 20 minutes late my partner lies to me about what time date night is they're like it's at eight or they'll be like it's at seven but it won't be till eight or whatever yeah when my friends do that for me I feel mm-hmm. so loved I really do it takes yeah. so much stress off of me because and, and I literally tell them like y'all don't tell me the accurate time of an event. Like, help me. Just tell tell me, me 30 minutes or something. Yeah, tell me, because I promise you, it never fails. It mm-hmm. never, and one of my best friends, um, she gets, like, it's, it's, she's good now. Um, and recently we went out and she told me the dinner was at one time and we got there late because of me. And we were actually on time because she told me that. I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. I felt so relieved because, you know, it's like, if I'm late now, it, and it intensifies the anxiety, right? And I'm like feeling like uncomfortable and I don't know, it's just all these things, right? So I can relax. My nervous system is calm now because I'm like, we're here, we're good. I'm like, yes, please. That's the only time I think it's acceptable to lie to me. Don't lie to me unless you're lying about the time of an event. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just feel like, I feel like Black women deserve to see themselves um, TikTok was taken off around the time. It's funny because I created Sisters with ADHD, but I didn't even know that TikTok had an ADHD side to it. Oh, really? Um, but when I would scroll TikTok, I didn't see nobody that looked like me. Slowly but surely, they, they, they are, they yeah. are more Black women speaking about their story, but it wasn't anyone. So I yeah. was just like, no, we need a space for us. Yeah. Um, I do have to shout, I always have to shout them out. Renee Brooks, Black Girl Lost Keys, great blog. She started back in like mm. 2017 if not before. Um, and Ingra Shea has some, I think she does, she's an ADHD coach as well. She has a Facebook group called um, Black Women ADHD Executives. So her space is really that C-suite, corporate suite. Mm-hmm. You know, women who are, we tend to move up high because yep. we're good. Because we're really good at what we do. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden we can't manage all the things, you know, so mm-hmm. Those women, those were some of the first women that I found, but I still didn't see myself in them. And that's okay. That doesn't mean the work that they weren't doing wasn't helpful or good. I just wanted something for for diversity. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, You said something a while back that um, in in the conversation that really triggered something to me. So I have an entire platform, an entire online community called Healing from a Mother Wound. Um, and helping folks, adults, sons and daughters walk through, specifically Black women, walk through mama trauma. Um, and when you said that about your um, estranged mother and then understanding about ADHD, you have definitely encouraged me to like do some studying around the links between the two and how we can diagnose or misdiagnose where things are stemming from or if they're all related or intertwined. I'm really curious to know. So girl, we may have to do some work together. Yeah, (laughs) you know, and honestly, um, I really was able to forgive my mom through learning I had ADHD because Mm -hmm. I'm always like, I don't want to say I'm always asking people, but I have, you know, asked people that knew her growing up or like my, my grandmother, like my dad's mom knew her and things like that. And I've asked questions and 
every time I ask a question, it kind of confirms like she probably had it too. Mm. Uh, one of the things with ADHD that we struggle with is called object permanence. And object permanence is basically if I don't see it, it doesn't exist. As crazy as that sounds. So like, let's say I got my counter with makeup and I, I know I own this lipstick and that lipstick could be sitting right there, but maybe it's behind something. I'm panicking because I don't see it. Where is it at? Where is it at? It also shows up in the people within our lives. So I don't know if you've ever like moved away from an area or yeah. you just, you just kind of stop, you lose contact with your friends and family. So when yeah. I went out to college, I was only like an hour and some change away from my home, but I never called home. It wasn't that I didn't love them or care about them. It's just that they simply weren't crossing my mind because of object permanence. And so through learning different things about ADHD and connecting them to my mother, I mean, I think in my mind, she also had ADHD, if not something else. Mm -hmm. She was some type of neurodivergent. And I think Mm -hmm. those really affected how she showed up in motherhood, Um, you know, for me and I have a brother. So um, and I think after a while, you just don't want to come back, you know, because it's the shame. Now, Now we're in these cycles of shame, you know. I think the shame part is so important to understand with ADHD because you might be, let's, let's take, um, I know you don't struggle with disorganization, but a lot of women with ADHD might. And so a lot of times we start to say that that's us and it's not like, oh, it's now you go from my car is a mess to I am a mess. And it's like, well, no, 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 no. Your car is a mess. You're brilliant. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. we really have to learn how to separate the two so that we're not just constantly beating ourselves up or constantly going down these shame spirals and apologizing all the time. I even talk to people how they show up when they do, when their ADHD symptoms show up. Yeah. How you go about it. If you're walking in late to a meeting, thank y'all for waiting on me. You don't have yeah. to say sorry all the time because that keep that continues you, that keeps you in a state of shame. Yes. There's so many different ways that you can show up and be grateful. I, you know, I try to train, um, you know, women within my community to just try to express gratitude over uh, shame and being sorry and apologetic all the time. I'm not saying never say sorry, but if there's something that's literally outside of your ability, learn to be grateful when people are supporting and showing yes. compassion there. Yes. Oh, girl, all the fields, all the fields. <laughs> How do we go about encouraging a loved one to get assessed so like me I have not gotten my you know official diagnosis though I'm like 99.99999% sure Mm -hmm. um but I can also see certain things in other people like this may be something more than just who they are how do we go about lovingly and graciously encouraging someone to go see someone and, and you know help them get proper diagnosis so we can move forward um, I think that's a great question. And that's another reason I created Sisters with ADHD, because I wanted to represent ADHD. Mm-hmm. Although I'm not a doctor, although I'm not a therapist, mm-hmm. I think that my time in education and what I've seen just on a classroom basis and what I've learned just from talking to other women and doing my own research, I really felt like the way that it was being spoken about was like something was wrong with you. Yeah. And I very much so want people to know that there's nothing wrong with you, but you do process differently. So if you're wanting to talk to a family member that you think might have ADHD, I think one of the best ways might be to start with like a video. Um, um, a YouTube channel I adore is called How to ADHD with Jessica McKay. Mm-hmm. Her videos go short. They're like five minutes or less. And she will break down something very simple, bite-sized, and she will, you know, send that. So I, I, I really feel like sharing social media content is good. Mm-hmm. There are TikToks out there that will kind of like, 
animate things that are happening yeah. in ADHD's lives. So that way you can kind of like break that barrier with a little humor. And then you want people to know that, hey, nothing's wrong with you, but this might be explaining what's been happening in your life, how this has been showing up in your life. And I think it's just reassurance is supporting them no matter what their decision is. Like I've talked to people and I feel like they have ADHD and I put it on their mind, but some people want to shy away from that. Yeah. We have a healthy fear of the medical system. Yeah. Um, history is what it is. You know, we okay. don't always want to subject ourselves to one, their diagnose, their diagnoses or diagnoses, as well as their medication. I understand us <laughs> wanting to be fearful of that. And that's why I'm like, I think it's really important that we represent mm-hmm. neurodivergence. We represent um, ADHD and just be like, hey, it's just a brain type. Just yeah. like you have a skin color, just like you have an eye color, just like you have, yeah. you know, all these different traits. You yeah. also have a brain type. You have a neurotype. Yeah. That's so helpful. Mm-hmm. That's so helpful. Cause even man, that's, oh, Good child. This is and I, and I know and I know women out there who are living with undiagnosed ADHD have been beating themselves up because I was one of them. I had no idea of all the things that I thought was wrong with me. I never thought I never crossed my mind. Yeah. I just thought that I was depressed and I, yeah. you know, mm, I yeah. didn't know what answer I was looking for, but yeah. luckily I got it. <laughs> I remember when I first started going to therapy years ago, mm-hmm. what led me there, I was just like, something gets wrong with me. And mm-hmm. I remember um, in this last year or so, that same thought just started reappearing. Something I have in, in my notes and memos, like like trying to figure it out, right? Like a puzzle piece. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. So it's so difficult to unlearn that, right? So when you say mm-hmm. it's just a brain type, that's so powerful because I think about like my skin type. I have oily skin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something I've always hated. But when we first started this, one of the first things you said was like, I just love how your, your skin is so pretty, right? Mm-hmm. That is a direct result of me having oily skin. <laughs> right, right, right. Oily skin, right? Um, and it's simply that it's a skin type. It's normal oily, dry, right? It's just, is what it is. We don't think and good and because bad, of it, it. And because of it, you treat it the way it needs to be treated. The way Same it needs to be treated. Same thing with neurotype. Same thing with ADHD. Girl. You're going, you need to treat the way your brain, you need to treat your brain the way it deserves to be treated. This is so powerful. Is different. This is so <laughs> powerful, man. Jesus Christ, y'all. I'm about to be over here a whole shoulder shaking crying mess if no, I don't end this episode good, get it out, girl. <laughs> and you know I relate to what you were saying about like writing in your memos and your journal and I remember one time I even wrote I don't know what what I don't know if I said I don't know what's wrong with me I said I don't know what this is but when I figured this out I know that the rest of my life is gonna happen mm. like I really I knew something was holding me back it was like assiduous I'm like I don't know what it is like I just cleaned up this house like three two weeks ago spent my whole weekend girl I was like I don't know how many times my friends are hanging out and I chose not to go, whether I couldn't find that one shirt that I liked or what, it was the smallest of stuff where I was depriving myself of my social life. The whole night, it, girl, it was just a mess. Food would be yeah. going bad. I'm spending hundreds of dollars at the grocery store because I want to eat healthier or whatever. Cook none of it. <laughs> All the food's going bad. It's a thing. And now I don't go to the grocery store unless I know I'm cooking. If it's on my agenda, then I would go pick those couple things up. Yeah. Man, this is this is so powerful. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Um, I definitely want to do more collaborations. I, I think that this is I hope, if you're down for it, of course. I think this is a this can be a beginning of something really beautiful and helping people like understand their not only inner child wounds, but like how to um show up 
for ourselves better when it comes to things like this and to understand that we just all have different brain types. It's just, I just, I don't want to repeat, but like, this is just, man, this is beautiful. This is, And beautiful. I would love to, you know, if you are going to seek um, an assessment, I would love to follow you on that journey. Maybe, maybe I feature you on my podcast where it's just like, Hey, yeah. And what were the questions? Like, how yeah. did you feel? Cause I'm also learning that a lot of women, I'm going to keep it real, specifically Black women are finally getting to the doctor. And then they're like, no, you don't have ADHD. You just did it. And, and we were experiencing dismissiveness. Yep. I call it medical gatekeeping. Like, yep. uh, okay, so they can have this diagnosis. Yep. But you're telling me that I just need to lose weight. Or you're telling me yep. I just have anxiety or I'm just yep. depressed. No. Nah. Which is why, and it does take a while, even now looking for a psychologist, the, the biggest barrier has been finding a Black psychologist. Because I don't want to go to a white one. I've been referred to one, but I don't want to because of these specific reasons you're detailing now. And mm-hmm. it's, and I do that in everything, right? Now, granted, I don't have the same luxury now living back home in Alabama. But when I was in Nashville, my chiropractor was Black, dentist Black, OBGY, every, everybody Black. Because I want to be seen, heard, and valued. And if mm-hmm. I do need some help, I want that help to be targeted to my specific problem, not to something they just like, oh, she's just, you know, whatever, whatever. Because they'll write mm-hmm. something, they'll write some prescription for all kinds of stuff. And it's like, no, that's not what I needed. <laughs> right. And I had an OBGYN in, a, in, in college. Mom was white. I had an OBGYN write me an Adderall prescription one time. And all the reason mm-hmm. I knew to even say the word Adderall, because my little brother had ADHD. We're not related at all, but he was in my home. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. My mom was like, uh, you might, like, I can't explain it. Like, my mom knew because my parents were educated. They, matter of fact, my parents were both educators. Hmm. So it's like they knew about these things, but, like, no one was saying to me, girl, you have ADHD, you're going to struggle with X, Y, and Z. She was like, I was like, yeah. mom, I'm just too much in college, you know, da, da, da. She said, girl, if you're having trouble focusing, just go uh, see if your doctor will write you this. And then he wrote it, but, like, no one was, mm-hmm. no one ever connected dots for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And I yep. kept that same little bottle for like two years and like turned into dust I didn't know what it was you know it just I didn't get it and I think we deserve to one be educated on it one as a people but then two we deserve to just personally you deserve to know and then as a people we deserve to know so we can show compassion for people that we see struggling with ADHD Mm Thank you so much, girl. That may be something I consider, you know, maybe sharing my journey via podcasting. I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to be that vulnerable child because I'm over here about to break down just talking to you. <laughs> just talking to you. But that may be something I, that I do. If, you know, I believe it's going to be something that's actually helpful because the way I feel so vulnerable and butt naked right now, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, but anyways, thank you so much, Torian, for, for all that you shared and for being vulnerable and sharing your journey. Like that's, then that that's quite courageous i appreciate your platform so much and just in this short time that i've been following you you've helped me a ton so thank you thank you because i girl get to beat myself up when i don't post every day and i'm just like i have adhd folks <laughs> i don't know <laughs> like i'm trying to do better about like you know planning ahead but like that's just not always how my brain works i'm gonna have space where i'm just feeling super creative and i have space where i'm like i need to reset and i'm gonna give myself that grace so I don't burn out, you know, because I know this is a, you know, very important work. So, yeah, it so is I, very important. I appreciate hearing that, you know, it kind of yeah. helps my little dopamine to be like, okay, yeah. people need you. Stop beating yourself up. Stop yeah. comparing yourself to everyone. Just do the work, you know. Yeah. 
All right, y'all, let's get into brownie points. This is a segment that we take time out to celebrate ourselves, celebrate yourself for whatever, whatever, anything good, anything positive, anything light, anything warm, celebrate yourself. It could be as simple as you finally got to uh, clean your baseboards, whatever it is, give yourself brownie points. Torian, what are you giving yourself brownie points for today? As small as this is, um, I went to the gas station today and I ended up cleaning out all the little clutter in my car, you know, just the yes. little stops you make for things like that. And it was just really important for me to like, anytime I can kind of reset my space. So, you know, clear space, clear mind. And so I was just really proud of myself for cleaning out my car at the gas station. Like, okay, girl, you know, washing my little windows off. Sometimes when I'm pumping gas, I just be on my phone scrolling, but I decided mm-hmm. to use that little bit of time in a productive way. So as that. small as that is, it was important for me. I love that so much. That That's very you, girl, rewarding. What you giving yourself brownie points for? Today, I'm giving myself brownie points for, <laughs> this is so random, but like, <laughs> I'm so proud. I'm so proud. I've been talking about on social media. So as you see, I have um, knotless braids. And I just got them this past Saturday. Mm-hmm. Well, I had a, a scheduled appointment for some weeks on end to get these knotless done. Mm. Um, the day before my appointment, a friend of mine posted her prices for her braids. And I was like, wait a minute, these these prices are half. Like, what? They do they still doing this? And I was like, Lord, I want to cancel. You know, it's 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 last minute. But I'm like, you know what? This these my coins. <laughs> And and I hate because mm-hmm. again, you know, that people pleasing, you know, tendency. I'm like, I don't want to do this. But I'm like, I, I sent that when I reached out to my friend, like, hey, can you fit me in the morning? And she could. I sent that cancellation text, like, I'm so sorry, I gotta cancel. I I'm so sorry. But I felt so good because it's your yeah, money. You're consumer, it you saves know? me so much money. <laughs> And the thing is, and I and honestly, that that's not small. It is so hard to advocate for yourself. It is so hard to say, like, because you're scared about what everybody else is going to think or that they're going to hate you. And honestly, people with ADHD always have this um, pending. That we always have this gut feeling that somebody's mad at us. Yeah, it's very weird. Like, who mad at me now? Or somebody, you know, but. That's a big. That's big for you to say. I'm not worried about what somebody else thinks about it. I'm the consumer. I earn these these ducats, and I want my ducats yes. to be spent wisely. I'm going over there. So that's thank that you for affirming me. I appreciate <laughs> that because I was I was like, oh, she's gonna be mm-hmm. mad, and mm-hmm. I like yes, yeah, whole thing. So those those my brand. Yeah, even if she do, she is not the only Hello, hello, and I love my braids. <laughs> I love them so much. <laughs> that look good. Girl. <laughs> All right, y'all, give yourself brownie points. It could be something so simple. Whatever it is, just write it down in a note. Maybe even, you know, make a make a folder in your notes that, that is just for brownie points, right? And when you listen to this every week, you add a new one to your folder, right? Like just whatever it is. I just want you to love on yourself a little bit more and not worry about what you didn't get done this week or um, whatever else that didn't happen. Just relax on that and focus on something that's beautiful. Torian, before we go, tell us how we can support you and 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 give us um, some more detail about your coaching program and how we can patronize you and get in on this healing. Yes. So first and foremost, um, you guys can follow me at Sisters with ADHD and that's S-I-S-T-A-S with ADHD. It's all one word. 
Um, that is the community. Um, my personal account is Torian is all things. Um, you can follow me there. I, Torian is all things where it's just, that's just me as a person. I sprinkle some ADHD in there and the Sisters with ADHD is dedicated to that work. Um, I'm in the process of revamping my website. So if you want to support me at this time, um, I do have a, uh, what do you call it? Coffee, where you can buy me a coffee, which is like $5 if you want to support that way. Or you can just simply share my content that makes me happy as well. Um, and, you know, just engage. If there's questions you have, I'm very responsive in DMs. Um, and of course, I want you to listen to my podcast. Um and leave a review if that helps you or share it with somebody that you think it could be helpful to. So honestly, just get involved with me right now. I'm just really trying to build that community. I'm really just trying to grow so that when I do do bigger things, because I've already been asked to speak at things and I'm like, oh, that's happening really fast. Yeah, so be ready. You know, at this point, I'm just trying to get, I'm trying to grow in numbers. So share my content, listen to the podcast, write a review. And wonderful. Well, thank you so much. And um, you guys for listening. Please do the same for me. Write a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, I'm also on YouTube now. You can check this out. Look up Shades Brown Podcast on there. Follow me on social media, Instagram and Facebook. That's at Shades of Brown Podcast. On TikTok, that's at Mother Wound Healer. And of course, I'm on YouTube as well. If you enjoyed this episode or if you know someone who you're thinking could benefit from this, share it with them. Also, if you want some merch, go to everythingalib.myspreadshop.com or just check the link in my bio on social media. And of course, if you're thinking about starting a podcast yourself, but you don't know where to start, holla at your girl and I got you. Well, girl, I forgot my oh, merch. Oh, girl, yes, tell us. <laughs> so um, I say at Sisters with ADHD, we like to keep it hood, holy, and hyper-focused. So go buy y'all hood, holy, and hyper-focused t-shirts, okay? I got mugs and things like that. I got some other stuff coming out. I won't talk about it yet. And then um, I'm going to drop my new shirt. I'm going to go ahead and give okay, y'all an exclusive come on, exclusive? <laughs> We're getting exclusives, okay? Um, I'm dropping the Ain't No Shame in My Brain oh, line. I love that. June. And so, oh. yeah, I love it too. I'm just like, this, oh. is, this is my thing. So, yes, uh, I really want that to be the, yeah. the message. Like, it's okay. I want you to really embrace who you are. So, Ain't No Shame in My Brain, Hood Holy and Hyper Focused. Um, I got some resources coming from you for you guys. So, sisterswithadhd.com. It's growing as we speak. You know, I got to get my ducks in a row, but just keep yeah. coming back and checking on me, okay? And if, if I don't say nothing, just say, like, girl, where you at? <laughs> Yes, ma'am. So, <laughs> all right, y'all. Well, um, I'll leave you with this. I hope that you be well. Hope that you love well. And I hope that you be loved well. You deserve that. Till next time. Bye. I love you.